The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Well, you can't keep a good Scotsman down. Daryl's back to doing what Daryl does. And a huge win for Sterling over Armidale. Keeps those two tied at the top. Well, and the women's a big Fremantle win over Mum FC. Sets up a table-topping tantaliser on the weekend. All that, plus Ross Edwards from Kingsway on this episode of the Perth Football Podcast. And welcome back to the Perth Football Podcast for another week. We're back at the Hush Connective in Vic Park, ready to chat some NPL action. Uh, before we do that, I better introduce the crew because we've got a, uh, a packed studio in here, so much so that Kalichi's been relegated to the bench again. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you'll be disappointed to hear. Uh, but I, Sean Fry, will uh, try and make up for his absence. And, and beside me, well, across from me, I've got the, the regular uh, customers, Josh Chyatt. How you doing, Shawnee? I'm very good, mate. Good to have you. Don't call me Shawnee. Only my <laughs> mum gets away with that. Uh, we've also got the uh, TD, either the uh, the technical director of the Perth Football Podcast or just his initials, Tommy Dolman on the line. Not sure how I feel about this new moniker, but hello, everyone. Uh, well, we'll go from our TD of the uh, the PFP to our QOF. Most most teams have a DOF, the director of football. We've got our queen of football, Sam. Uh, lovely to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Don't fight it because that's what uh, that's what it, it just makes it easy when you said that. Just makes the uh, name stick if you do that. Um, and and next to me, a man who I think m- might have his own nickname or maybe he needs a nickname. Uh, Ross Edwards, assistant coach of the high flying uh, Kingsway team that's taken the NPL by storm. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Sure, mate. Kalichi, did you see that again? He's having a dig, saying they're not high flying. They're only in uh, in fifth. <laughs> Even after last week, he, he was saying something about how uh, was it was it Cannington. That he was saying, oh, they're doing really well considering they've just been promoted. I mean, you guys just got promoted as well, and you're um, you're making waves, aren't you? Maddington, Maddington not Cannington. They're all the same to me. Um, Are you I don't down that way. <laughs> no, I'm way further south than that. Um, anyway, let's let him speak. How are you, Ross? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's no, it's our pleasure, one hundred percent, to have you in here because. Yeah, I, I guess we start with Kingsway because uh, you're here and this team has has done a phenomenal job. Uh, we are looking at the table and uh, it's something that everyone says every week is how tight this league is. Um, but did you expect to be at this point of the season uh, where you are within within touching distance of not just the top four, but the top of the table? Um, I think that that's where we always planned to be. You know, it, it was... Where did you want to be at the start of the year? We sit down and you look at your plans for the season, the goals, expectations of you as managers, players and of the club. And obviously top four's always got to be your aim. So look, we're sitting in fifth. Um, very happy where we are at the moment, yeah. Not to play devil's advocate, but you are also two games from the bottom of the league. And um, we know. <laughs> we, we know. We see that every week. Don't worry. Thanks for that. Um, but yeah, look, you're, making, you're trying to get the gap. Um, from the bottom, of course, that's what we're looking at. We're also making sure that we're still in touching distance. Um, so we think that over the next two or three weeks, if we can keep going the way we are, and then all of a sudden you can go, that's really push for the for the end of the season. So talk to us a little bit about that start of the season because yeah. you didn't win a game for Let's a while. Let's talk about the start uh, of the season. Well, well I, I think it's I think it's more important to talk about it in the context of since round four or whenever it was that that you started getting results. 
if, if you take those first three weeks of sort of adjusting to the to the MPL and the speed of it and players, a lot of players have obviously played at, at this level before, but yeah. but some that, you know, we're used to the maybe slightly slower tempo or it's different styles of, of football that you see in um, the, the lower leagues. But the, the fact that you've come in, had a bit of a turbulent start, we all said you weren't playing badly in any of those games, mm. um, which I guess makes it easier to keep the faith. Uh, but it, it's so easy for teams to get promoted, and then we see it all the time. Uh, it starts to struggle. People think, oh, maybe they're not quite up to the level. They quickly sack the manager. We talk about Nigel Atkins all the time at Southampton, who'd never done a bad, hadn't done a bad job, but they decided maybe he's not quite up to the job at this level. But Kingsway have obviously backed you and 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 backed Tuffy. You know, it's only a few games, obviously. Yeah. But the, the, were there any sort of conversations you were having about like, well, we need to start turning things around at, at that point of the year? Uh, I think. Going back to the first point, uh, a lot of people that we signed at the start of Division 1 were NPL players, and, and we'd done that for a reason. The reason was to, to obviously to win the league, but not have a mad, mad change of the whole team at that point. Obviously improve, but not make 9, 10 signings like we did that year. And then we started, obviously we won the night series, which was great, and then we started the season. But on to your point, take it into context, we played Sterling, we played Floriot, you know, starting top two teams, three top three last year. Josh is quick. To, we're going to be quick to point out Florida bottom of the league. So no, they weren't at the start of the season. <laughs> no, so, but they were just won the league. So when you look at that, we were like, okay. But like you said, we played really well. We were just disappointed with the results, but we played really well. So obviously, you're sitting there, and me and Tuffy are going, okay. You know, you got your philosophy, you got your plan, and is it working? You start to question your stuff, but we've always had faith in what we've done. It's not something that we've put together overnight. And the team's not something we put together overnight. So we were really confident that the, we actually we was actually really confident that the results would come. And we had a chat with the board at the time, um, because you're sitting there going, okay, look, we're new new kids on the blog, we're in the MPL, and they've invested invested a lot of time and money into us and into the team. Um, but they were the same. They've they've seen what we've done and the plan that we put together, and it wasn't just a one or two year plan. This was a, a longevity of the club. Um, so they were pretty confident that the results were going to come as well. So that worked out for everyone. Well, so uh, looking at where you are now, we said so close to the top of the table. We'll get to in a sec, Josh. But, I mean, one point off of, uh, well, tied with Armadale in, in fourth. Uh, and what are we there? Obviously, Red Star and, and Sterling have just started to, to string a run of form together, Sterling with the game in hand as well. But a couple of games away, however... Um, and I'll allow Tommy to, to maybe try and defend himself here. But Tommy uh, did tell us that he just watched one of the worst uh, games of football that he's seen in the NPL. So Tommy, I've, uh, I've it's Tommy's fault. I've, thro- out, I've thrown you under. He's the curse, not I've, me. I've thrown you under the bus, <laughs> mate. And uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, go on with Ross a bit about the game on the weekend. Well, there's nothing really to defend because it was a game in which Kingsway had a lot of the ball and a lot of possession, and Bayswater were quite happy to sit and have shape and, and stay structured for the most... And for the most part, they did that. They, they frustrated Kingsway, who got into a lot of good areas. But I thought Tom Southgate and Jackson Stevens at the centre of defence were magnificent on the day. And, um, look, it was it was just one of those games. I could see Tuffy and, and Ross sort of tearing their hair out from the dugout from where I was sat up in the commentary position. And I think there was just this sort of looming feeling as the second half was wearing on that it wasn't going to be their day. But... To look, at it, to look at it in a positive way, they, they've taken another point on the road and after those 3-0 wins against Balcatta and Floria, it's um, three clean sheets on the spin away from home and it was always going to be about the bookends for Kingsway this season. Um, obviously, with Malik Kutch getting injured, Davey Keenan's obviously stepped up to the mark. Um, he's, he's obviously been keeping some clean sheets, as I mentioned. 
And it was always going to be about the service to Kieran Byrne as well. We know he's been scoring goals for fun in Division One the past two seasons. Could he get that quality of service at MPL level? He certainly has. And albeit he missed a good chance on the weekend, and he did come off at half time, Ross. So I'd be interested to, to see if he's going to be okay going forward. Um, but yeah, he's got 11 goals this season and has been, um, he's been very good. So yeah, plenty of positives for Kingsway, and they do still have that game in hand. Yeah, I think when, when the game finished, we. I guess the most satisfying. Satisfying. You can edit. Satisfying. Yeah. No, we're not. No, 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 no. Not, um, not just for that. Not the for most, that. The most pleasing aspect of it was that when we we're in the change rooms, that the, the boys were very disappointed that we hadn't won. And when you're talking about where we've come from, and all of a sudden you go away to Bayswater and you're, you're really disappointed. Yeah, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm yeah. just driving home, and you know, you, you start to replay some of the stuff that's happened. What could you have done? And the fact that they all sat in the change rooms and were really disappointed with a nil-nil draw away at Bayswater. Um, is fantastic for me. Yeah, I think that's something with any anything that that there's there's uh, progress over a long period of time. So I uh, do support work, young guys with disabilities, and I always have to go back. Let's go back six months and look at how far you've come from that point. Because yeah. you know maybe if it's only three weeks, four weeks, you might be really disappointed at something. But in, in the greater context, where you guys are right now is amazing. And Josh has been itching to uh, to to ask a question, so I'll, I'll let him do it now. Well, I just want to. No, tell us a little bit about the playing style. How, how did that come about and, and how did you go about sort of introducing it to the team and the, and the group of players that you have? Because uh, it, it's pretty unique, I think, to the NPL where, you know, we've got a lot of pragmatic teams um, and, and you guys have massive possession. You keep the ball really, really well. And, and you know, if you actually look at it, you, know, you score goals as well. So you got 28 goals across the games, uh, a lot of them from Kieran Byrne. So uh, t- tell us about the process of getting that playing style in place. Oh, how long have you got? Um, it, 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 I've known Tuffy for a long, long time. Um, like I say, he was a coach of mine 10 years ago. And we've, um, we've been friends for a long time. And, and, and when you're football people like you guys are, you're talking all the time, two, three times a week. No matter what club you're at, if I'm at a different club, he's at a different club. We're always talking about different players, different philosophies. And we always had a philosophy of passing and keeping the ball, um, retaining possession, knowing that the other teams couldn't score if you had the ball, the old adage. Um and I think that when, and Tuffy won't mind me saying that when um, Kenny Lowe came into the ECU setup, it, it gave Tuffy some different ideas. So all of a sudden he was ringing me up going, oh, I've seen this, I've seen that. You know, just getting different ideas and different philosophies of what you can do. So you take a bit of everyone. And I've played around in non-league and, and football in the UK and, in, and here. And when you take a bit of everyone and all of a sudden you're talking to a really close friend that you admire and it all starts to come together. And when we, were, um, when we were picking our players that we wanted to buy, when we went to Kingsway, it wasn't necessarily about getting the best players, even though we got the best players. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily about the best players. It was more about the players that would fit the style, you know, because there's some really good defenders out there, but we play a lot from the back. So that defender might not be as good as on, on the ball as these players that we want to fit our style. So when we went with our team, it wasn't the best players in that position. It was the best players to fit our philosophy. So like, and the ones that want to come and play with the ball. And you look at um, Liam. Liam. Liam's an ex-exciting player. And he saw us play last year. So he was like, oh, that might be a good team to play for. Do you get what I mean? So it's just people just don't look at our style. They're footballing people and they might want to come to us. So it works both ways. Just as so. we did when we got on the phone to you and said, we want you to come in here because you, uh, you know your stuff. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right, but well, I think after this, you might say we don't want him back. Well, what's it like fitting those kind of X Factor uh, kind of uh, firebrand players like Liam Murray and yeah. uh, and Sasha Negic into into a system like that as well? Because they're those players that you know that they're sort of sometimes that they're sort of doing their own thing, running with the ball. <laughs> yeah, true. But if you look at both them players, they've both played for the glory. So when you look at their actual upbringing of football they've got that philosophy of keeping the ball movement already rotations um, so, and you look at a lot of our players they've had that installed in them from a young so we do look at that as well every player's unique Josh you know that they've all got their all quirkiness um, and that's the difference uh, and, and the advantage that me and Tuffy have is we do man manage differently because we're different individuals but we work very well together so you know you've got different players that have different strengths different weaknesses which all managers know um, and it's about just getting the best out of them on the Saturday all right, well, we uh, have some other games to quickly uh, brush over the scores. A lot of the action we did cover on the full-time whistle on the weekend, so uh, just sign up to that $6 a month Patreon if you want all of that action, or there's a teaser out there uh, that Kalichi snips up and uh, puts out every week, which... Uh, all the extra work that he does uh, isn't worth the uh, the six dollars, so you're absolutely getting a getting a bargain there. But um, Sterling Armadale uh, was a very big result and one that uh, is is good for us to touch on because uh, we definitely and jo- and a good friend of the pod, John O'Reilly, let us know did not give Armadale uh, enough credit last week for that phenomenal job that they've been doing. In fact, we we talked about their game with you guys in the context of how incredible it is that Kingsway's up here and then you look at the table, Armadale actually spot. Above you, um, tight on points, but but two sides that yeah no one was expecting to to be really pushing for the top four. We we did say Kingsway, but it was more of that like you want to be a bit of a hipster, pick the dark horse. Um, uh, whereas you know the the all the all the regular names, uh, your Red Star and Sterling, I think people would have expected that. But geez, Armadale and and you're you're in here as a, as a coach in the league. Uh, do you have a word on them because they really have done a fantastic job so far? Excellent job. I actually think John does a really good job every year, uh, and they're always underrated. Um, and when we looked at them in the night series, they, they kicked off the night series. And I think, and, and John will probably um, be honest with you guys as well, he's changed a little of his style this year. When you look at how people progress, he's changed some of his managerial stuff at the start of the year um, and in the night series. And that that could come with a little bit more of the players that he signed. I know you guys talk about the guys that he got from um, Coburn and that. So that allows you to change your style a bit. So... Uh, to be honest, I've always been impressed with Armadale. It's a horrible place to go to, which is a credit to <laughs> hey, them. Hey, careful. I live down credit, there. Which is a credit to them. I've played there myself. Um, and, and, they, and they make it that way. So, you know, John's done really good, and he does every year. So Yeah, so Armadale absolutely flying as well, despite uh, going down two goals to Nilda Sterling, which, you know, keeps them up uh, thereabouts with that game in hand <coughs> against your good selves, which are, we are all just so, so looking forward to because... Uh, yeah, if if you guys win, you're talking about being a game off top. If they win, they're now clear on top. So it's just going to be so much to play for uh, on that day. Uh, and before we get on to the rest of the action, uh, we do actually have an interview with the uh, aforementioned John O'Reilly after the weekend's action. Perth Football Podcast, Kalichi Osunwa out here with Armadale coach John O'Reilly. John You've just had a 2-0 loss, but mate, how cruel is football? Because on another day, it's probably 1-1 or potentially even 2-1. The two, yeah, the 2-0 loss, you know, the, two, the second goal they got was just just um, at the death when we were just pushing everything forward. Yeah, you're right, we were unlucky. We um, we hit a post, um, Jacko went round the keeper, just got a bit of a push from the, from the, from the keeper. 
um, but he stayed on his feet, decided to stay on his feet and just couldn't couldn't, couldn't turn the angle, across, yeah, yeah, couldn't hook it back in. So these things happen. Um, you know, they, they were a good team. Uh, if the score had finished 1-0, then we'd be going, you know, that was a very close game. If the game had been a, a draw, it would have been a, a fair result. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a, a good game from both teams out there today. So, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed. Um, we worked hard, we tried hard and we just uh, fell short. It is towards the business end of the season right now as well. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, it's been a draw, a draw and a disappointing loss. So w what do you think you need to do to kind of arrest that bit of form? Because it has been a terrific season so far. Yeah, you, know, you can look at the last four games before this one say we haven't lost in four games, which is, uh, sounds a lot better than two draws. Um, but look, with the last the last four weeks, um, defensively, we've worked worked really hard. Like I say, today should have been a one 0 The last one was just at the death, you know, when we were pushing forward. So defensively, played well today. We just got punished for a slip in the first half. Um, going forward, we just got to keep keep that defence tight. That's obviously the the, the paramount. We got to keep that defence tight. Make sure that we're not conceding silly goals. Uh, and whilst we're not conceding to that end, we've we've always got the potential to score goals at the other end with Chris, you know, Peter and uh, Amir, etc. up front. So we just got to keep keep doing what we were doing a few weeks ago, keep putting the goals in the back of the net, and do our best to to keep clean sheets and uh, keep it tight at the back. Tim wasn't wasn't here, was it? Was it a case of injury? suspension? Tim oh, was suspended today, so that made a difference because we had to. Unfortunately, when <clears throat> when when with Tim injured, we weren't able to make one change like a like for like. We had to make two changes. Um, to kind of accommodate for the for the player missing, so you know, like we, we're trying to keep things keep things on a roll and, and, and keep keep the formation everything the same and working towards something. So when you got to make two changes to fix one, you know that was frustrating yeah. today. And you know that could have been the difference if Tim had been available today. It could have been the difference, but you know it is what it is. Well, look, it's been. Terrific seeing the team. I did want to say one more thing. It kind of felt like a throwback performance of the, the old classic Armadale where it was just direct and straight targeted. Was that part of the game plan um, for, for, for this game in particular? Because Jackson was an absolute menace, really, really hard to mm. deal with. Um, your Cobbs is always a handful in terms of the work that, that, that happens there. And I suppose, obviously, you've been missing him for a long time, but you're still missing Daniel Robinson, and, and that, yeah. that, that could be, have been a little bit of a difference there. But it did look like it was a, a, a more like classic throwback towards Armadale. Yeah. And maybe it's because the uh, the Balcata pitches it to the, the usual standard at, at Alfred <laughs> Alfred's yeah, as well. The, the carpet. Um, yeah, look, we, we found out that the fixture was here at um, Alcatraz ground, and we know that it it, it hasn't worn very well um, into the into the later months of the season. So we knew it was going to be a bit of a, a fight out there today. Uh, and look, we want to be direct. Uh, we don't want to mess around in front of goal. We want to. We, we, our strength is in our front front players. So we wanted to get the ball forward fast and see if we could put them on the back foot. Um, I think first half they got they probably edged us. But second half there, I think we really we really had them on the back foot for large portions of that half, even though there was still a threat coming forward at us. But I think we were, were probably the better team in the second half. Um, and so therefore, you know, being direct, being aggressive, it, it works for us if we can put the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, football's football. We just couldn't do that. We just couldn't do that today. And, um, yeah, we got hurt. We got hurt. And we walk away with nothing. Well, look, it was it was cruel today. But, again, there's so much left in, in the season. You're in a really good, tidy place and it's still neck and neck right the way through. So I'm looking forward to seeing the final push and hopefully into the, well, hopefully minimum top four right now in terms of the way that it looks, but yeah. also challenging for a title as well. 
Yeah, look, the, the title has always been a dream. It's not really been a, a goal. You know, that's always something you look at a little bit late in the season. But no, the top four is, is definitely an ambition of ours that we've been we've set out our stall from from day one, uh, and that's still that's still doable. Um, what we do now is we step away for a few days. We have a look at the uh, the, the running for the next the next probably three games. Uh, we try and work out how to navigate those three games with with the personnel that we've got available to us. Work out what we need to do. Uh, once we've got those three games under our belt, then we're able to look at the uh, the final run in the, the the true business end to the season, and then we'll uh, we'll know what needs to happen. Cheers, John. Really appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks, guys. And thank you so much, John, uh, for taking the time. Uh, as he said there, a uh, game that could have gone either way. But very interesting when he talks about planning ahead. Uh, and we've got two coaches in the booth now, so who better to uh, throw over to, to talk about this. But looking at uh, whether it's implementing a new style, uh, I think a lot of people just think, you know, you play on FIFA or Football Manager or whatever, you just change the formation and, and then it goes. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes behind that and uh, you know you, you you might be trying out a new formation uh, in little parts of games because you want to play against a certain team three or four games ahead uh, I've heard coaches that uh, will plan ahead in terms of okay four games coming up we're expecting to get eight points out of these however it sort of comes doesn't matter but what how, how do you look at games Sam if you're looking at your team and and planning how many games ahead do you look in terms of what you're trying to do with the shape the the tactics and how many points you're looking to get that sort of thing yeah so we we kind of work in six week cycle so that kind of obviously we're in the development bit of it as well so that will play a part there but um for us as well we have to give 50 percent minutes for all the girls in the ntc program so obviously my job is to think well how does that backline play do we need someone that's going to be coming closer to feet to receive at feet or do we want to be looking to receive in beyond and play a bit quicker so we do look in ahead a little bit, so we do we do block. I mean, we say to the well, they've heard it now, but we say to the girls, you know, let's just focus on the next game. But realistically, we always have to be thinking ahead of time. And then if there is an injury, then you already have a plan B, plan C. So you never really caught out. And then with things like the NTC, when obviously winning is not the most important things, do you still look at points and at games and how many you expect to be winning or you want to be winning? That is, is that something that you do it with that sort of setup? Um. So. <laughs> I usually say with development comes performance and usually with performance comes the points. So as you go through, we obviously play three times the same opponent. So by round two, you should be seen in their performance. Um, they're playing better. They're playing more confidently. There's a clear improvement. So from that from that point, not the be all and end all, but obviously you have a group of players in front of you that are fuming after they've drew 3-3, you know, so you have to cater to them what they want as well, even though you still have to drive that development. And then, Ross, obviously you're uh, more in the business of, of results than, than development because you're in the top league in the state and it is it is about getting the points and winning. So how does that factor in for you? You, you obviously would probably take more of a, uh, a view of, yeah, points where you want to be, how many games you're expecting to win. Do you do it in the same sort of four, six-game cycles? Yeah, we probably look at a four-game cycle. You're always looking at the, in the blocks. Um, and I think most teams, most managers will, will do that. Um, it, it's really difficult to, to look at s systems or players because there might be injuries or suspensions at that point. But you'll definitely put points targets in that four-week period. So how many, how, what you're expecting as coaches, well, what do we think we can achieve over the next four weeks? And... And we, we're definitely striving towards that. Sometimes we tell the players, sometimes we don't. Um, that that's, it really depends how strategic we want to be at the time. Does uh, it depend on the players as well? 
Oh, look, sometimes, but the players are not silly. They're, they'll do the same thing. They'll look at the next four weeks and go, what do we want to achieve? Um, like I say, we might look at injuries or suspensions. You know, Perich will probably get his yellow card and then he'll be a bit. But, <laughs> you know, um, but we could probably plan for that because we know it's consistent. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's certain things you can't plan for, but you'll always look... Four, week, four games, four games, four games. How many points are we expecting? Do we want nine? Do we want? Do we want ten? Um, yeah. Ha, have you ever done that with Perich, where you go up to him and just be like, "Hey, Dave, I think this might be the good game for you to miss. This is the game that you should be picking up your fourth yellow card in." I can't confirm or deny it. That <laughs> sort of. Yeah, he's mate. Or if, his, Everybody or if does his that. sister's got a party or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, going uh, on uh, holiday. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Every, everybody does that. <laughs> have you well, had mate, like a you, really great story about that? Like a deliberate. Haven't card? you got Paul Kennedy coming up soon? Surely you're going to miss that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've already been down there, way. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, well I, I done one actually. Um, when Tuffy was my coach, he actually told me to get booked. Um, we were, I think it was at Wanneroo at the time, and we were top of the league, and we had Gosnells away the week after, and it was us, Dianella, and Western Knights that were at the top, and we had Gosnells away who were bottom, and I was on free up, whatever the booking, we think you had more bookings back then, but yeah, it was, you need to get booked in this game, and it got to about the 85th minute, and I still hadn't been booked, and I, I forgot, but I remember him running up and down the touchline, and we were 3 nil up, I was going, what's, what's, what's he doing, and calm down, Tuffy, and he was trying to tell me to get, but then I remember, and I got booked, so I missed the game. <laughs> what did you do? Just pulled a shirt or something. You hey, know you what? Tried to hurt no, someone, actually, surely. I wouldn't do anything like that. I was very strategic. They got a free kick, so I kicked the ball away. Oh, the, oh that's the, we call the that Bailey the Bailey Brown, Brown Montgomery uh, in the, the Perth Football Podcast. That's where you get some players that can be coaches and some players that can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will move on a, a quick wrap. Um, the, I was obviously down at Coburn Red Star. Talked a little bit about that on the full-time whistle and had a quick chat with Andy Higgins afterwards. Just a huge result for Red Star. Coburn uh, just always make it. Well, don't always make it tough there, but uh, they will sometimes, and you never know what you're going to get. This was a game where they made it really, really hard for Red Star conditions. were a bit drizzly. Um yeah, they, they were not at their best, and, and Coburn controlled large, large portions of that second half, which is the only half I, I caught. Uh, but then, yeah, Daryl Nickel, yeah. fancy signing him? Wouldn't everyone? <laughs> Just yeah, he, he t- touched the ball twice. I think scored two goals, and they won the game because of it. That's and a lot of the time, that's all you're going to need with with Red Star. And that's again, we've talked about him. At, until we're blue in the face because he just does it every week. But he's, he's a lot more than just that that poacher. He organises the team. He's always talking. He's always moving. But having that person that can just score goals, uh, and I mean, coming from uh, a, a team that has a lot of possession and can't always put the ball in the back of the net, how, how hard is that? And Sam, you'd know as well, uh, both of you, how hard is it to just find someone that just scores goals? Kieran's done a fantastic job. Yeah. But... That there are just players that can just lift the team just by being there at that number nine. Yeah, I think Kieran's got 30 goals now. Um, last season and this season, over 30 goals. So he's, he's, he's flying for us and done a great job. That's why we signed him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the, I think what, what Daryl's done is he's probably done it for about six or seven years. I think you were comparing him to Gustavo and who was the best in the NPL, and he's done it consistently for a long, long time. Do you want to weigh in? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, met, I, played, I played against them both. Um, and, yeah, they're both... I remember when we started at Bayswater and we went down there and I've marked him a few times and, well, I pretended to mark him. I don't know where he went. <laughs> and the same with Daryl when he was at ECU and I marked him. He was like, OK, and the ball's in the back of the net. So they're different players completely, but both score goals, so... 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, okay. Well, if you're not not going to weigh in on on that one, we do have uh, our, our old question that we'd ask everyone come in would be Twilight, Hunger Games, or Harry Potter. Um, we realise it's it's not a great um, competition, mostly because all the movies, all those three movies, are shit. Um, but also, Twilight was especially bad that uh, it, the other two got all the votes. So we've got a few new movies uh, on the on the questionnaire for our guests. So we need you to pick one out of Snatch. Saving Private Saving Ryan. Saving Private Ryan or uh, what did I say I'd go with? Goodwill Hunting. Oh, that was the last one. Snatch was always a leader, but Goodwill Hunting is a big favourite of mine. Um, how'd you like them apples? Yeah. It's a big scene. We've got, got to do it with a Boston accent. Yeah. Um, do you like dags? Do you like dags? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a hard one because that was the leader. I'll, I'll probably have to go with... Oh, suspense. This is no. Good. I can't go with Saving Private Ryan. That's definitely <laughs> down the bottom. <laughs> so I'm not happy with that one. Um, it's really difficult because if I, I, I try and judge it on if I was going to sit and rewatch it, which yeah. one would I pick first? Sure, I'd sit and watch them both um, at the same time. Oh yeah, you can watch and watch a game as well. You've always <laughs> got to watch a game as well. No, we we do need an answer on this one uh, though, because I'll, the podcast I'll, has a limited time. I'm going to go with Goodwill Hunting, and the reason is that my I watched it with my daughter because she hadn't seen it before and she wanted a good film. So I said to her, "Come and watch this with me. You enjoy it." And All she right. absolutely loved it. So she's recommended it to other friends. That's why it wins. Fantastic movie, and it's good to have three good movies on the uh, to to be able to offer our, our guests and and. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Rob, Robin Williams. I almost said Robbie Williams, but Robin Williams and, uh, and Matt have got off to a flyer there. Uh, we'll get on to the rest of the games. I don't think we, I think we touched on, we touched on Stanley, we touched on Bayswater, Coburn I was down at, and then Inglewood and Perth uh, was the one other result. It was funny because Kalich and I were, I was on the way to the game uh, and it was, the, the scores were ticking up and I just pulled in to the service station, checked the scores and it was about 20 minutes in and there had not been a goal at any game in the and I just I didn't know what was going on. I don't think I've ever seen that in the MPL. I think the earliest goal was was about twenty minutes. It was uh, Inglewood or, or Perth that it was. Inglewood got the opener there, and they were the first team to to break the duck. And then obviously it's the MPL, so goals just started pouring in all over the place. Um, but the yeah the final result there uh, with uh, Inglewood Perth it was a lot of goals at four two to Inglewood. I mean. Where are either of these teams at the moment? It's that that's a huge, huge result for Inglewood. Obviously, lifts them up off the bottom of the table, puts Floriot back rock bottom, uh, which isn't where they want to be. Um, they had a one-one uh, draw with Balcada, which, uh, on the face of it, isn't a bad result, uh, given that Balcada are third at the moment. But yeah, Floriot need to start picking up points soon. Tommy's been holding off on on calling panic stations uh, at, at Florida, as you well know. But what what can, I mean, don't give away any secrets uh, because I'm sure you're happy with them being where they are and you guys being where you are. But what, what do you do at a club when you've got that much talent and, and the team is obviously able to perform? They're the champions. They are the, the current league champions. What, what do you do to turn around that, the form? It's obviously not just disappeared overnight, the talent that's there. No, I think it's, um, they've been consistent for a long, long time and been one of top clubs in WA and sometimes you just get seasons like that don't you like we've all been in football for a long time and, and well, we're Liverpool fans so we've uh, seen the ups and downs <laughs> I won't tell you who I support <laughs> and that's, that's another podcast um, but look, sometimes you just get on the run and you start to doubt yourself some things that go wrong and you know you normally get away with a few things you make a mistake um, the, the squad uh, the squad is ageing but 
from from when we played against them, you couldn't you didn't think they were raging. They get around the pitch very very well, so I don't think that's really an issue for them. Sometimes it's just momentum and luck. And you look at the season, you know. Sometimes I think that you normally get two or three teams that are falling away a bit, and you know you're going to get points off them. That's not happening this year. Yeah, there's so. no, there's no one. There, yeah. I don't think there is a game that you can no. go in and think. As Perth found out, you know, Inglewood are bottom of the table, and Perth in reasonably decent form since since the change of coach and. Yeah, they, and Inglewood go and put four past them. Well, they put four past us. Yeah, that's when they're capable of doing have it. You, have you had your second game against Inglewood yet? No. Oh, jeez. They've weeks. got a new signing. Two weeks. What's They've that? They've got a new signing, and he is very, very classy. Who's this Inglewood? Yeah, oh, and tell us more. Benson and Zagetse, who... Uh, from the NPL in... Uh, in uh, Adelaide. Yeah. yeah, came over from South Australia. So he's been training a while. That was his first game on the weekend, was it? Yeah, I think he may have been in the squad a couple of times, but not gotten on the pitch. And he started for the first time on the weekend, scored the first goal, created two for Michael Donfey. Absolutely electric, super pacey, and... Uh, uh, I'm going to steal your thunder a bit here, Sean, because we do have an mate, throw to it, with mate. him you do it. coming up and Alex Dunn, who saved a penalty as well. Uh, Josh here for the Perth Football Podcast. I'm down at Inglewood Stadium where it was a big win for the team that was bottom of the ladder going into their clash with Perth today. Inglewood a 4-2 win. Alex Dunn here, the captain and goalkeeper. Big penalty save and Benson Insegetse with... Uh, a first goal for the club in his first appearance and two big assists as well. Uh, Dunny, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, how important was that result for the team, given where you are? Oh, massive, mate. Yeah, we've um, obviously we, we worked pretty hard last week against Bayswater, and I thought we'll, we were unlucky not to get a result at least. Um, so it's just you know, when you're bottom of the ladder, rub, rubber the green doesn't go your way, and just it was just digging in today and just having massive effort across the park and a uh, bit of high energy and. Yeah, we got we got the result, so it's great. And uh, it, it was a pretty good performance as well. So that must be uh, pretty pleasing for you because you've had a few few of your wins this year where you've been kind of backs to the wall. But I, I felt you were you're really on top of it for most of the game today. Yeah, yeah, we thought we, we wanted to play with a bit more energy. I thought and um, and try and push them a bit higher. And um, I thought that worked and forced some mistakes and let the likes of Benson and those boys run run loose up there. So um, yeah, it was good. It was good, good, good performance all around. Penalty save at 1-0 off Sam Cook. He hadn't missed yet this year. Have you been yeah. studying his tape? Or? Nah, not at all. Just just kind of locked in and just tried to... Just just went just went the, went that way. Like, I just um, just felt he was going to go that way. And, um, yeah, got down, got down quick enough to it. And, uh, Benson, uh, as we said before, you've come over from Adelaide. You've been... Uh, You've been training for a few months. You've finally been able to sign for your new club over here in Perth. How are you enjoying it in Western Australia, and how did you enjoy the game out there today? Yeah, oh, I'm loving it. I love the state. That's why I originally moved here, actually. And, yeah, playing with the boys was awesome. My first game, obviously, yeah. was nice going to Scotia as well. Two big assists, but, yeah, I'm lo- loving it, enjoying it. And uh, you've got the trip coming up to uh, back to your, back yeah. to your hometown in Adelaide playing Metro Stars. What do you know about them? Oh, yeah, very good side. Boys been asking me about the team. I was like, oh, yeah, guys, they're, they're a pretty tough team. They're like, we're going to have a good run. But, yeah, hopefully we go down there, put in the shift, and hopefully, yeah, you know, we'll get a great result over there. And, and what's it felt like being around the being around the squad? Obviously, you haven't been able to play for, for the, the first couple of months that you were down here, yeah. but you've seen the team languishing down the bottom of the ladder. Were you itching to get in and help out? And, and where, how have you felt about the quality in the squad here at Inglewood? I, I think the quality here is amazing. 
It's just we lack a bit of consistency week in, week out. But trainings, match days, the boys put in the work, work hard. And I just wanted to get part of it. Like, I was, so, I was itching, bro. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. Tell us about the celebration as well. The uh, the front, I've seen a lot of black flip, back flips. The front flip is that is that a signature for you? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was in a moment. I just did a front flip. I could actually do back flip, but you know, in the moment, I just did whatever. You know, I was super excited. I just did whatever. Yeah, but I do normally do back flips. So, <laughs> so you got a few in your locker? Yeah, I got plenty, plenty in my locker. You got to yeah. got to score a few more goals then. So, so we were talking about it before with Dunny and, uh, you know, Chad wasn't able to play today and we, he reckons he might be the quickest player in the league along with Chuck Dow. How would you go in a race against him? Because you absolutely <laughs> smoked uh, Deleo and Farrah today a few times. Yeah, hey, I reckon it would be close. It would be a close race, you know. Chad's a quick guy himself, but I don't know. We've never raced actually, but it would be close, eh? Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Congratulations for the win and best of luck uh, when you head over east as well. Cheers, man. Appreciate Cheers, it. Bud. Cheers, man. And thank you to uh, both of them and, and thank you to, uh, well, congratulations uh, on Dunn for saving that missed penalty. Um, we, uh, I think we just about run out of time here for the, the first part of the podcast and Ross, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in here, and you are more than welcome to come in any time. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Any barbs? We're, we're really looking for spice and fire. We've got Just him, we've got him for the start of amateur hour. Throw, oh, he's going to hang around for amateur hour. But to wrap up the MPL, do you want to throw a, a little hand grenade out there, put some cat amongst the pigeons, someone you, you really want to wind up? No, I didn't bring nothing. Okay. I'm a very um, internal, quiet person. Um, I wouldn't do that to anyone. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll have to try harder to uh, to get a bit more uh, controversy on the pod. We but can start on Bozzer if you want. <laughs> That's always an easy one. James Bozdet special pod. That's going to be a couple of hours. I oh, think Bozdet stories. He's a, very, yeah. he's a very close friend of mine. Yeah, jo- Josh. Was... We, could, we could ask them if they're going to make a play for Daryl next season. Well, yeah, I think that that was one of the rumours, right? You've that was a big rumour in pre-season. It was going around, not not necessarily from you guys. But... Josh said you've been tapping him up. <laughs> we, we we heard them. Um, there was a really good forward. At- Cannington, was it Cannington or Maddington? Maddington, one of them, yeah. Yeah, Cannington, so we might (laughs) might go for him. All right, well, thank you so much for listening so far. uh, If you're still there, of course you are. It's been a blast of a part one. We'll be back with a quick amateur hour and then uh, touch on the women's NPL as well after this. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. Perth Football Podcast. We're back. We've got the amateurs on. Sean's taking a break. Tommy's taking a break. We've got the amateurs on to talk a very, very special round of amateur hour. The best part about this amateur hour is there's this weird kind of like triangle between Josh, Ross, and the team we're about to talk about. Sterney, if you're listening, cover your ears right now, mate, because we're going to go into Kingsway right now. So Josh, paint the scene for us. Last week, Maccabi played Kingsway, top of the table clash, and it didn't go the right way you wanted. Yeah, it was a bit like Kingsway's MPL, actually. We had about 85% of the ball and didn't create any chances. So, Were you the better team between the, the two boxes? <laughs> yeah, every cliche you can think of, Kalichi. And you didn't win the game, obviously. 
Well, and, and we lost 1-0. We went down to an early goal. Unfortunately, it didn't get to 2-0 because if it got to 2-0, it would have been a very dangerous scoreline. They would have choked. Yeah, scoreline. Yeah. Scoreline. Mm, indeed. So you don't get the result, right? Now, now, Sam, we'll get you in here as well. Let's say you're playing a big, important game to go top of the league mm-hmm. and there's still, I don't know, 12 games to go. So not even at the halfway mark. Now, you win this game. You celebrate, surely. You have a good time. You, you, you know, congratulate the players. You might even take a photo. Would you then take that photo, post that photo up and be like, we are top of the league at the halfway mark? Because again, like, I don't want to be the old man here and be like, hey, you need to act like you've done this before because that's not me. I also don't want to be like the Kobe guy who's just like, the job's not done yet. Because again, that's, that's not also me and I want people to have fun. But I'm just asking you as a coach, would you do that with your NTC team? Uh, no. What would you do in that situation? Um, good work. See you at training. See you at training. <laughs> Maybe have an extra drink today. Well, I don't know. They're 14. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ross, legal. you've also been in this situation multiple times before. Would you do something similar? I think it's something that's sometimes taken out of your hands. Yep. You know, like if, if you're winning your top of the league, then what would normally happen is like on a Monday or a Tuesday, the club might say, hey, keep going, guys. We're top of the league. So... <laughs> You know, celebrate the position that you're in at that point. Absolutely. You know, have a listen, have an enjoy. Now, what would happen, for example, if you did all of that and then the very next week you're lost? Oh, that's bound to happen. Of course it's bound to happen. And the best part about this is you were part of that team. Ross Edwards, Thank you. who is joining in. Just standing up, I did agree to do this podcast two or three weeks ago. It wasn't just because of the result. <laughs> the best part, Sturdy, is he was supposed to do it last week and yeah. he couldn't. So. I was sick last week. So he's, like, I've got, he's, got, he's like, I've got a big game coming up, so I can't come in this <laughs> I need, week. I need the rest. I so, was in bed sick. I only, only got out. Honestly, my wife, I was off work all week, and then I went to football on Saturday and Sunday. And she was like, I can't believe you're doing this. Can I just say I love it because he's just like, look, oh, coach, I can't come to training, but I'm fine to come to the game. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Boss, also, I can't come to work, but I'm fine to go to the football. Yeah. Also, he has the perfect excuse not to play against his own club as well. And it's like, no, no I'm going anyway. to play. So, so talk to us about the game. How did the game go? Oh, look, we scored a 95th minute winner. And, and I spoke to Stoney afterwards, obviously, because I see Stoney every week. <clears throat> and I think it was one of them weeks where they had a few people missing. And we had a lot of our players back. Did you have the comedian in your pocket? Shout out to Jesse. Um, yeah, he scored, but he scored a penalty. That don't count, does it? Surely not. Doesn't count. Um, but yeah, it was one of them ones where I think you know the team at the top come to your ground. We'd just lost to Paul Kennedy away, which was a which was a bad result for us. Uh, Trevor got us in, and we had a big rollicking in the week um, about our performances and where we are. So safe to say you were up for the up for the game. Massively up for the game, and it's probably the best we've played all year. Were you up yeah. for the game even more when you saw all the social media stuff? No, no, they're very consistent with. He's their winking at me right now. It's just Ernie. No, I'm not. It's on video. <laughs> they're very consistent with their social media, so they didn't do anything different that they haven't done before. I should say this is all Kalichi's doing. Man I've sounds like no, a politician. I've had no involvement in uh, the bashing of our big league rivals. <laughs> Yeah, I just honestly, I just and the reason why I love it, and I'll be honest, the reason why I love it is years ago, I uh, was coaching Backpackers FC. <coughs> years ago, coaching Backpackers FC in Division Five, and we came up against Brooklyn's. Now we had won every single game and had a draw against Brooklyn's, and then with like again twelve games to go, we were playing Brooklyn's again, and um, we put up a post being like title decider. <laughs> 
We hadn't even started playing. Like, there was seriously, there was like 12 games to go. So he put up this post, and we've got like the Brooklyn's face and the, like, North, and the Backpackers' face, about to have a fight. It's like title decider. They beat, and they're up 3 0 at one stage. They kicked our ass, absolutely hammered us. And then, um, and then we ended up getting one back, and, and yeah, didn't, didn't do anything, right? Then the next week, we play Ellenbrook. And we are robbed, absolutely robbed. To this day, we're absolutely robbed. We lose 1-0. We lose 1-0, right? And then all of a sudden, like, we just spiral. <laughs> and we, like, we just absolutely just, like, spiral. And like I think, seventh, I like think we finished, time. like, fourth. Uh. And we only got promoted because two other teams, like, left the league <laughs> above. And so I remember just getting a message being like, hey, mate, they don't hand out trophies <laughs> in July. I was like, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. And so, yeah, Sturdy, I've been there. I have been there, and that and that's why I am uh, I'm sending love. But I just wanted to actually point that out because again, it was also uh, covered by who's the the geezer who does the the messages and the social media chat about the games right now. Oh, the the Vigia, Vig something. Yeah, the Sunday League vigilante. Shout out, shout out to whoever that person is. Uh, okay, it is, it is, it is actually okay, right. okay, dickhead. Okay, okay, dickhead. Yeah, you can leave that one in if you like. You don't like him. No. Tell me why. No, it's that, I think that's enough. Isn't it? <laughs> This makes me think that you know him. No, I have no idea who he is. AKA <laughs> okay, Dickhead. This is going to get aggregated so loud. Um, <laughs> but look, that is the amateur hour. Do we have anything else that we wanted to, uh, to, to add on to that, Josh, from your side? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I guess uh, we talk a lot about uh, the amateur Premier League, when, uh, particularly when Nova's on here because he referees a lot of the yeah. games. But uh, Amateur Div 1, it's, uh, it's looking pretty tight. I mean, we've got Canning coming up, but they didn't have Greg Charlin playing the first time. We played against them, you know. You got a guy who played NSL who's playing in the league who, you know, can win a game on his on his day. And uh, Kingsway have the big uh, Northern Derby with uh, Kingsley. with Kingsley mm-hmm. as well coming up. So that's going to be pretty tasty. Second v third. So when do we play you then? Because we I might have to be in the podcast on the Monday. Oh, we can oh yeah, one. me and Sterney can the come pass, in on the, pass, <laughs> on the pass, <laughs> yeah. Pass, yeah, when Sterney's top of the league and. Yeah, that'd be and I've helped him that week. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. my other question is, are your knees not sore playing at Adambrook? I'm supple. Everything, <laughs> everything's easy. I'm ready to, I'll play again now if you like. I'm ready to go again. Got, got he says side. as he tries to walk down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> this man who's been coughing throughout the entire yeah. podcast is like, I can do 90 minutes right yeah. now. Yeah, he's got, chest he's... infection, done 90 minutes yesterday. I've turned up for the podcast. <laughs> Mate, he's, he's, about appreciate to, it. he's about to say he's got a five-a-side down at Loftus at like 9.45 or something. I probably haven't trained for 10 years, though, so that's, <laughs> that's probably what's kept me going. Lidley King over here. Yeah. <laughs> who, who do you support, by the way? Uh, I can't confirm or deny. Is it Everton? No, I'll I tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a couple of choices, and we should have put Sean and Tommy in for this. Um, it's a London club. Yep. And you get two guesses. QPR? No. Millwall? No. No. You, you just took all the guesses. I used to go to Millwall. Oh, yeah. I used to go to Millwall games because it was cool. Because <laughs> when you were younger, if you supported Millwall, you were lucky you were a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I nearly picked Snatch. So everyone used to go to that. But that's so who do, you, who do you think? Who would you guess, Sam? It's going to be someone really random like Charlton or someone. Perfect. Good job. <laughs> get in, Sam. <laughs> Very rarely do people get it. Yeah, Charlton. They used to be in the Premier League. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Kerbishley, right? Yep. Mm. Yep. Jesus. Alan Kerbishley, Steve Grip, were joint managers at the same time. Pretty sure Robbie Earnshaw scored a hat-trick against him. Don't remember that. Promoted West Brom with that. Yeah. 
Definitely don't remember that. <laughs> How dare you come in with such comments like that? Hey? We was having a lovely little chat over here. And you come in with Robert Andrews scoring a hat-trick against Joel. Well, look we'll, uh, look, we'll call that a day for Abitur Hour, Ross. An absolute pleasure having you in. Um, thank you for coming in as not only as a Kingsway coach, but also as an Allenbrook player who uh, contributed to knocking Kingsway off the top of the league. But again, this will be egg in my face because it's just halfway through the season and they could still win the league and shove it in my face later on as well. Yeah, our face. Our faces, yes. But they've had a few injuries. They've definitely had a few, like I said at the start, we've played them at the right time. Um, and well, I know most of the players in the squad, mm. so they're going to be up there. So there's only been between two or three of you. Awesome. Anything else to add, Sam? Good. Nothing else. Thank you all so much. Uh, we'll be back with part three where we get to talk about the real MPL. And we're back for part three. I'm back after a temporary uh, concussion substitution. Uh, come back on for that young uh, starlet from Ellenbrook that you had in for the for the amateur hour. What well, he looked a lot like Ross. Terrific young player, mate. Yeah, wonderful. Huge player. future. I've heard he's. Uh, we forgot to ask him uh, the best players that you've played with and against, like we normally ask our guests. And uh, the one person we forget to ask has the answers of Rio Ferdinand and Rude Hullet. Uh, so <laughs> probably could have dived into that. We'll have to get him back on and hear more about those. But um, they were okay, weren't they? Decent footballers, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle as well, apparently. Yeah, and uh, but not as not as it, Kalichi wasn't as excited to hear any of those names as he was no. to hear. Yeah, uh, he had Rowcastle in there, Rocky Roadcastle, the great Rocky Rowcastle. Yeah, another very 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 good footballer. Uh, look, we're going to jump into uh, the women's uh, action now from the weekend, but. Before we do, I meant to mention this at the start of the podcast, Kalichi, because you alluded to uh, some calculations you'd been doing uh, over the course of the season, <laughs> but, but you didn't go out and I was waiting for you to read them out and rattle them off and, and tell us exactly, because everyone knows how hard this league is to predict. And our on the line form has been quite poor. We're, we're 0 for 4 so far with our, our predicted uh, value bets, but... In terms of just tipping and, and getting results, um, there's 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 one player, there's one person in the podcast that's uh, head and shoulders above the rest. All right, we'll go through the uh, MPL. So we do a tipping table uh, every week, and we have the aggregate amount taken, and that is the official PFP amount. Um, and it looks like we're holding Sean back <laughs> um, with all of our aggregated tips, but it's pretty interesting. So Sean is tipping at the forty-one percent clip. This is just for the MPL men's. We haven't got bad. the women's stats just in here. That'd uh, be even higher, though. I'm sure it's it would be higher. Um, Sean's at forty-one percent. Um, Max Zorgan is at thirty-nine <laughs> percent. I'm at I'm at thirty-four percent. Josh is at thirty percent. Tommy's at twenty-six. <laughs> Sorry, 27, 27. This is before Tommy, the weekend Tom, as well. So, so, and let me just finish because this is also pretty interesting. I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, Betum, cheers, mate. Uh, Betum's at 24 with an asterisk, and Sam's also at 20 at 10 with an asterisk. However, when we calculate the tips that they've actually sent in, because sometimes they forget to send the tips in, Betum's matching sword, sword. Um, yeah, from like and, over two rounds or and, something. And no, no, no. And, and Sam's Sam's matching Josh. But the, the crazy part is like when you don't take Betum's scores, and this guy's missed like, I want to say, 10 weeks, he's 3% worse off than Tommy. Tommy, you've got a few questions to answer here, Tommy. And I think... It is your uh, love of getting those uh, splinters in your backside from sitting on the, all those wooden fences. And you've predicted Tommy, how many draws? I wasn't expecting this How many draws, Kalichi, has he picked? Uh, 1.6 a game, I think. 
I think I think you twenty five draws. Twenty five draws you've predicted this season. So you, you, you're going to have to start picking winners. You're going to have to choose a team that you think's better than the other. The logic I have is the <laughs> league's so tight, and anybody can beat anybody on their given day. The logic, and, and the logic I have is there's never any draws, so don't pick draws. <laughs> no, and that, and that's fine. Um, yeah, look, I, I genuinely could have picked. I said this to Kalichi, or I said it jokingly in the group, that I could have genuinely picked six draws at the weekend with the games, and, and like COVID Red Star wasn't too yeah, far away. And, and, and if you had it done, talk, um, if you had it done that, you'd be on about the same level of uh, as as you are currently. So, sorry, Josh wants yeah. to hit you with one now. No, I just want to say, like Sean's <laughs> like making out that this is like his. His his brilliant reading of the games. Thank he's you, actually am, on yeah. top. No, he's on top because of a hack. He's just decided he's not going to pick any draws. I've, I've evaluated the situation and the three options and decided that's the worst of the three every time. So I, I, strategic. So it's, it's tactical. I, th- I thought you were a coach. You'd, you thought you should know something about strategy and tactics. No? Sammy, you're also matching Josh, oh, low despite, despite not tipping every week. So what's your logic? And you don't watch any of the men's games, which is the best part. Yeah, I don't. Um... Well, I usually just forget because you usually message me when I'm halfway through teaching PE. So, my fault. In, in my defence. Yeah, come um, on, come on, Kalisha. Pick better times to send those through. Yeah. Should we dive in? Two footed. Yeah, into Kalichi. the uh, into the women's game. Sorry, Tommy. I said, yeah, Kalichi. I'd be tipping better if you sent them earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. All. I think we can all just say fair enough. Blame Kalichi. Anyway, we we have a little bit of action, not as much as usual, because uh, we had the Red Star NTC uh, postponement, but we did get. Three games of action. Curtin uh, not copying their usual hammering by their standards. Going down five goals to one, but That's a that fight. one. That one. What a one. That one, Tommy. Tell us about that. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> Tiana Botha, again, um, two great goals in back-to-back weeks. And this was the definition of a top corner banger. From I believe she's got three out of their five goals yards. this year. She does, yeah, and she she's been the the outstanding performer in what's been a very difficult campaign for Curtin, fair to say. Um, but look, yeah, she she's she's clearly she's clearly sort of um, added to her highlight reel at the weekend, and uh, yeah, that's going to be right up there for one of the goals of the season, along with maybe yeah. um, Georgia Cassidy's free kick and, and Laura Waltman's solo goal off the top of my head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you heard Josh losing his uh, marbles there, laughing in the background, he wasn't laughing uh, disrespectfully at anyone. It was just that I stole Tommy's statistic that he gave us five seconds before we went on air. So uh, thank you for that, Tommy. You do all the hard work and then I take all the glory uh, as always. Did you catch any of the other goals Team from the game? game? Sean. That's it. Did you, yeah, did you catch any of the other uh, the action, Tommy? Well, I suppose the other thing of note was, was Tia Stonehill scoring a hat-trick and she moves back above Raina Kagami in the Golden Boot race. She's got 15 now and, and Kagami had, had 14 after her treble against Subiaco. So that, that race is, is sort of hotting up and um, in terms of Valcada, that was back-to-back wins and it puts them right back in the finals, reckoning now they, they draw level on points with I actually, Mom FC. Yeah, I actually reckon Tia could have had more. I mean, don't... What did she... Her. She had a penalty as well, didn't she? What happened there? Uh, I think, well, she missed it. So was it saved or? No, but she missed it. Okay. Um, or we can say she saved, keep saved if you want. Well, no, I don't think the keeper did save it. No. Anyway, let's, 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 go, let's get, um, get on with it. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> geez, mate. And then um, yeah, she missed a couple. I thought that you would expect her to be putting away. Wasn't the only other, wasn't the only hat trick over the weekend either, was it, Josh? Mm, Ella Lincoln, she's in red hot form. She's. 
you know, when you looked at the players that Perth had brought into the side with Gemma Crane coming back from injury and uh, Elia Lamont coming back from over east and you went, oh, maybe there might not be, be a spot in that front line for Ella Lincoln, but with the fullness of time and obviously injuries to other players, I think she's probably been their standout player this season, just about. Yeah. Well, she keeps, she's one that we just keeps popping up and we keep talking about her because she, she keeps scoring goals and keeps performing. And Tommy, you actually caught up with Ella Lincoln and uh, we'll have a listen to that now. Perth Football Podcast, Tommy Dolman here at Rosalie Park after Perth Soccer Club defeated Subiaco 7-0 to maintain their pursuit of the top two teams, Perth Red Star and Fremantle City. I'm joined by hat-trick scorer today, Ella Lincoln, um, who got three of Perth's seven goals. Ella, well done on the performance today. How did you How did you enjoy it out there? I was pretty good finding the back of the net. Um, it's good for us to get our goal difference up. Um, I know it was one of those games where, you know, hard but it was also good for us obviously it was an important win today for the girls obviously with red star not in action with Fremantle city again winning by a goal to nil it just sort of still keeps you a little bit in that title race doesn't it yeah it does very good um we just look to get the three points again against bolcata next week and you're playing in a, in a good rich vein of form at the moment. I think the girls are six unbeaten, which is a pretty good achievement given the injuries that you currently have at the moment. Some of the girls are really stepping up and taking their opportunities, aren't they? Yeah, it's really good to speak, really good to see, especially us youngsters getting a lot of game time. And yeah. And in terms of the front three that you've got at the moment with Stella and with um, Jess Flannery as well. Tell us about that relationship that you've got as as three young players. I feel that you guys really sort of complement each other well. You like to start in the middle and drift wide and Jess and Stella like to start wide and drift in. So how is that clicking? Yeah, honestly, really good. Um, We've grown since the beginning of the season, playing a lot together, um, working really well. Yeah, it's obviously working. We're getting a lot of goals. What's the key to maintaining this consistency now for the for the back end of the season? You're two-thirds of the way through. Do you still believe that you can go on and win the title and, and maybe cause a little bit of havoc in the State Cup and the top four? Yeah, for sure. Well, we're, def- we're still in the Cup, so hopefully we can win that as well as the league. And, yeah, obviously we just keep performing well, keep getting the uh, goals in the back of the net, and, yeah. And just on you as well, Ella, obviously you're, you're sort of a player who... A little bit maybe frustrated earlier in the season, maybe coming off the bench. But now you're getting some starts, you're getting 90 minutes in your legs each and every week. Tell us about how your confidence is is sort of growing because it's shown with six goals in the past three weeks. Yeah, really good. Um, Obviously, I don't like being on the bench. I obviously want to play all the time. And it's obviously doing me a favour. I'm getting a lot of minutes and, yeah, it's paying off, I guess. Well done, Ella. In great form and a great performance today. Thank you so much, Tommy was another big win for Perth. That was 7-0 uh, away against Subiaco. So the only tight game, uh, which is, is quite often the way when, I mean, the Red Star NTC would uh, would probably be a tight one as well. But when there's only the three games and, and Subi and Curtin, uh, you know, the, they are the two teams that you can usually count on to beat. But Kerlichi's got his hand up. It's, was, it's not school, mate. Just tell me to shut up and stuff. No, 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 not necessarily that. But, like, Tommy, you were at the Subi game um, and Subiaco up until recently, had been in a lot of the matches. Um, and again, we discount the 7-0 at, you know, Jesus, that's two 7-0s back-to-back. I was going to say, we you just, discount all the ones where they get discount, blown out. We discount the close. two 7-0s, and it's always, it's all been close games where it's been close, it's been 2-1, and then the, the third goal got scored um, late. So, like, was there a big difference? Was there something that you noticed from that? Sam, you, you had something to say about this as well? I think I think Greg, Greg being away will have, like, 
will have an impact as well, and that's not me knocking Steve. Um, that's nah, just that's Greg being lazy and, and, and abandoning his team at the time of need. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Greg, do better. Alici calls Greg lazy. <laughs> Sam says Steve can't do the job. Oh, geez, they're just they're throwing, they're throwing grenades everywhere. No, but as you were saying? Um, no, so I think when previously when Ben's been away, if I've taken the team, um, players tend to, without realising it, they, then you're not the head coach. So they do kind of, oh, well, you know, like they're not here, so they can. They, they don't can, give the extra five percent. Correct, correct. And I think, I think as well, like Subi have been here. Their goalkeeper's not in, um, and then Gemma Skinner, who's been filling in as well from the under twenty ones, wasn't in either. So you look at that, that that can make a big impact as well with the keeper there. So yeah. So bad news for uh, Roma at the start of their Europa League campaign with Jose Mourinho uh, being suspended for Ben and Obed. Just wanted to throw it, just wanted to call Jose Mourinho a knobhead and then found a segue. So uh, we will move on to the table. We still see Red Star sitting pretty on top. They now have a game in hand and a four-point lead over Fremantle. But uh, what would that last game, uh, Kalichi, the scores have gone. <laughs> scroll down. It was uh, 1-0 and uh, the, the last game that uh, I was mentioning, the tight one, 1-0 Fremantle over Mum FC. And that is a, a massive result for Fremantle if us as neutrals, Tommy, want any hope of a, a title race, you'd think uh, Fremantle or, or Perth are going to have to be almost perfect from here on out, don't you? Correct, yeah. I don't think it was Freo's best performance of the season, having caught up with it last night, but they had the better chances of the game overall, even though Mom FC had a couple of good moments within the game and, and could have snagged an equaliser straight after Truman um, scored. What was actually a really nice team goal, there was a lovely interchange of passes in the centre of the park and then... Um, I think it was Truman's pass release, Kate Nolan, into the channel. She's um, she's a player that was actually involved last season, and I think she went over in one of the um, uh, state teams, if I'm not mistaken. Sam might be able to correct me. But, um, but yeah, she's, she's playing 21s this season. Sam would have seen a lot of her. But, um, yeah, she, she had a really nice assist off the bench for Truman's goal. And, yeah, it sets up that, that three points, sets up the top of the table clash this week. It's going to be tough for Frio, though, because they're going to have three games in a week. Um, they've obviously got a cup game with Mom FC, so a back-to-back in that sense on Wednesday. And then they've got the top of the table game on Sunday, which is quite an interesting contrast because Red Star won't have played in two weeks by the time that game rolls around this week. Well, so. well you've, uh, you have you beat me to it. I was actually gonna, just going to say that... Uh, this Sunday, the, the top of the table clash is now set up really nicely. If they hadn't have won that game against Mum, they'd be a bit further back. But now, and I think you alluded to it last week, Tommy, but a, a win puts them one point off. And, and maybe that postponed game, uh, the, the game in hand, does things to you mentally. You, know, you, you don't have the points on the board. Uh, you have the opportunity to get them. But if, if you're only one point up... And uh, if you're one point up and the game in hand is against NTC, who's already beaten you the season and not mm. defeated run, maybe that adds a little bit more um, tension to that. But, but, is, well. uh, but you look at it, you're probably looking at it, I, I think, uh, Tommy, uh, like I am thinking, if, if Fremantle don't, well, they need to get something. If Red Star win that game, I think we can say the, uh, the league's probably uh, theirs to lose. Completely agree. And if Fremantle do win and Perth also beat Valcada, which is also a very good game this weekend, don't discount them either because they'll, they'll close in as well. And then following that Balcata game, Perth actually both play Red Star and Fremantle in the back-to-back weeks afterwards. So this is a big run of games for Perth coming up. I think they've managed the period really well. Um, they're six games unbeaten at the moment. They're unbeaten on the road this season. They've had so many injuries in their team with, with Abby Meekins now out. She had a, um, 
she had a cast on her wrist yesterday. I'm not sure if she's going to get back until later in the season. Alyssa Van Herk still out of the side. So they have had to manage a lot of players very well and players um, such as Lincoln have, have stepped up. So, um, look, I wouldn't be discounting them just yet, but obviously um, from a neutrals perspective and from a league standpoint, we do need a... Um, a, a Fremantle City win this weekend and, and possibly a Perth win against Balcata as well um, for that title picture, although that top four race is also pretty spicy as well. Yeah, it's it, it's really shaping up to be a, a hell of a run in, yeah, not just for that title, um, well, not just that top four, but potentially for the title as well. Uh, we keep saying that it looks like Red Star just pulling away, just pulling away, and they literally lost one game all season. So the fact that Fremantle and Perth are even keeping pace is, uh, is a testament to how they've uh, played this year. Uh, we didn't get to talk about uh, the NTC because uh, of that postponed game, but, uh, well, we've got Sam in here. We can get a bit of NTC chat. Um, how's your NTC side doing? Yeah, we're we're travelling good, travelling good. So slow development each week. You had some players drop down and play for you on <laughs> the weekend? <laughs> yeah, uh, so we played Red Star on the weekend, obviously with um, people, like the first game being postponed, um, you know, like a few of the first team slotted in. But it's a tough situation because I know we've spoken to you before as well and you don't like to just bring the players down and into your side necessarily Correct. because it can yeah, stifle development or whatever. Yeah, and, and so we had a decision, obviously, um, Tanika Lala was... Uh, he's too old to go to NTC Challenge, which is where the first team are at the moment. So, um, and there's a kind of a decision that, you know, like if she plays for us, then well, she still needs to get minutes, and she's also the first team player. So even within the, even though we are a program, there's still a hierarchy through the age groups. Mm. So realistically, she she does need to get minutes. Um, and like myself and Conroe was like, oh, we, we we didn't want to do it because we were like, well, one of our Girls is now going to have to sit out. And, mm. it was and also, really when you're when you're playing other teams and they just drop down players, and, it's and never we, a good we, feeling. Like I think it's only Balcata <laughs> that haven't dropped a <laughs> drop to play then this year. So um, for us, it's it's like how can we complain about it if we're going to do yeah. it? Um, but you know, like a girl got tonsillitis in our team. Yeah. So in the end, it, it worked out perfectly for me. But then, um, like I've said before, Red Star have just got a depth of young players coming through that are able so Quinn, Katie Ritchie, Olivia Wood, Abby Woolley, they're playing against. Mm. I mean, I had Olivia Wood playing. (laughs) Come on, guys. We tipped her for golden for the, (laughs) I tipped her for the gold medal. And she's played in the. You know what I like about it though? Like it grinds my gears in terms of like my competitive edge. It really grinds my gears. But then if I put my NTC hat on and I'm like, it's all about development, right? Like a few of my players actually stood up to the test for a large portion of those games. I it's felt be awesome. so. So I'm like, well, from a development point of view, we were actually doing a really good job. And it was, they were fuming at the end. My group, there was a lot of n- not happy people. So all the best to the parents, but they <laughs> they kind of at the end they were annoyed by it. But I said, hey, if you're looking, look what you've just done. Like mm. you know, like in the end they ran away with it. But from our point of view, I still think we had a lot of good passages of play and, and the, the intent to actually play good football and still be brave on the ball. And for me, if I have my, like my centre-back, I think Hannah Reynolds, she did really, really well against Olivia Wood, who's pressing her. I'm like, well, if you can do it against her, then 
you're going to be fine. Like, anyway. like, you're going to be fine, aren't you? So quick, quickly tell us about the the NTC challenge you mentioned. So how how what is that? How does it work? And obviously the age limit's different to just being in the NTC side. What What's the go with that? Um, so the under-18s competition is NTC challenge. So you have to be within the NTC program to be going away to that. Um, and it's it's national recognition, like identification, really. So every state sends their teams over. They play against each other in a little tournament and all the national coaches are there and they have a discussion with the coaches and the technical directors and all stuff like that. And you essentially, it's a showcase. Like, he had picked me for the national team, essentially. And there'll be, a lot of the time, there'll be other, like, um, for example, Georgia and Grace are there. So there'll be other players that are in and sign with the W League as well, which is a good for them. Um, and it, it, it can be some days you have one game, some days you have two. So today they had two games. So they had um, South Australia this first day, uh, first game, sorry, which was nil-nil. And then Capital as well in the afternoon, which was nil-nil. So, but... Um, I don't think I'm allowed to say who played um, well that's and stuff right. like that. Back-to-back clean but, sheets, um, though. There were some good performances from Ben, like Ben said, so that's that's obviously good for us to see. That's awesome. How, like, how, is this a tournament, and again, I, I know that everyone wants to win everything, but is this a tournament that they highlight and go, yeah, we can absolutely win this tournament, or is this still a case of saying you're now playing up against the best in your category, let's see who can do the bit like, is this something that is for their development or this is a trophy let's go win it um it's it's hard because obviously the players will be going into it being like let's let's go and win um but to put it into context um i i don't think i think the closest w i've ever got was i think they got to the final but that was when sadie lawrence and jamie gibbons and players like that were in the ntc program so um i don't know if that was sam kershaw I might be wrong there, but you, and you know they didn't yeah. they didn't win it then. So WA is always we always have a smaller population of players anyway. So um, which is why we often take younger teams across. Um, but you know there's New South Wales, Victoria, they're always kind of in and around the places. Queensland are actually coming through quite good as well now. So they've had a lot of financial backing and they're really developing well there. But it's that talent ID side of it that's Correct. really important, isn't it? Yeah. So you could um, – so when I went to challenge with Gavin Sitt, who's at uh, Basie 20s now, he, we had – I think it was seven girls identified, but we didn't, we didn't win the tournament. So it's not like you have to win the tournament. The bonus of going further in the tournament is you can showcase yourself over a number more minutes. Um, but realistically, by the end of the group games, re- like – we played three games and Iskia won at our NYC. Iskia won player of the tournament and we had three girls identified. you know what I mean? So yeah. by, by the finals, they already know, um, in, I think, I would assume. Well, hopefully uh, Ben keeps getting a, a tune out of them and can come back and uh, prepare for that Football Friends derby on the Wednesday night, which will be, uh, the I think, the 2nd of April. Um we were Tommy and I were talking about that as one. Yeah, uh, he he can't do so. I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in for the great man, but that's gonna be an absolute uh, blinder. Still a few weeks away yet. Um, looking forward to the weekend coming. Obviously, we talked about the top of the table clash. Um, NTC obviously postponed uh, their game uh, against Curtin, uh, but we got Subi taking on Mum and Balcatta and Perth and. I guess that, uh, as, as you said, Tommy, that Balcata-Perth game's uh, the other one that we've uh, really got our eye on this weekend. Um, 
And with all that being said, uh, if anyone else has any uh, thing they would like to add further, any comments, any jokes, anything at all, uh, I suggest you do it now before Kalija hits that big old stop button. Any more from you, Tommy D? Nothing more, Sean. That's how we like it, Josh. No, no, it's been a long pod. Yeah, but we're going to see West Ham on the weekend. Oh, that's true. We are going to see West Ham. That's that's pretty exciting, actually. I got two West Ham games. I haven't seen West Ham live for... Uh, since the end of 2009, I went over and saw them in London. So, yeah, it'd be right. exciting to see I them, even if it's just a West friendly. Ham live. Never. Kalichi, any more from you? <laughs> no, nothing from me. Uh, Not just a nice message about loving each other, being kind? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should be careful. We should be kind while there's still time. Do you agree with that, Sam? Do and can I just say, Tia and Rosalie don't come for me for saying that you should have scored more goals. <laughs> That's oh, the other thing. I right, mean, Tia goes home every day saying she should have scored more goals. Exactly yeah. why I said it. <laughs> That's the other thing. Uh, we've got new recruits who've come in today. Yeah? At the, at the, at the job. And one of them's a Stonehill. No way. And I was like, you're not related to... Yep, turns out that they are. Who, who's that? I can't what? say the name. Oh, okay, because it's, you know, you don't want to get into trouble yet. I don't want her to come for me either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do not mess with the Stonehills. I think that could uh, that's a good message for everyone out there. Uh, we love you, Stonehills. We love all of you for listening to us, uh, and we will be back. Kalicha and I got to do it on the line soon. That'll be coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll be back on the weekend with all the, uh, the usual stuff and back next week with another uh, one of these things that you hit play on your Spotify or wherever that – You've already given us a five-star rating, so I don't have to remind you to do that. If you want more, $6 on the Patreon. Uh, and, oh, hang on, Kalichi's thought of one more thing. I did ask we, you for any we more. We do before. have news, Sean. Okay. We've been holding this off, but we now have our own website where you can buy our merch. Oh, fantastic. What sort of merch? I you love merch. You can get the... Cut me and I bleed merch. You can get a naughty boy hoodie. Can I get a naughty girl? You can get a naughty girl hoodie. Nice. You can also get a Dogzo hoodie. We love a Dogzo. Oh, we love a Dogzo. Haven't had a Dogzo for a while. What's going on, NPLers? No, they haven't been Dogzo for a while. Yeah, get us so, yeah. a, either, either get a dog out on the pitch, Subiaco, or <laughs> deny real, an obvious goal scoring opportunity. The real we'll Dogzo. Take, we'll take any Dogzo here at the Perth Football Podcast. That's enough of us rabbiting on. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>